This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Bill Marcioni, and uh, Carol is uh, attending a funeral today at the normal recording time. So I am joined by Reverend Dr. Robert Brzezinski, uh, who is the uh, creative director and spiritual master of the New Thought Media Network, and a friend of mine uh, serving on the Anton uh, Board of Directors. So Robert, uh, welcome to the uh, Practical Prayer Podcast. Oh, thank you. It's a great honor to be here. And I understand I'm the very first guest on the program uh, in, what, 130 episodes, I think you were saying? that. Yeah. Uh, so it feels like a great, great honor, and I'm really looking forward to the conversation. Yep, this is episode number 130, and you are the first uh, voice on this program that's not me or Carol. <laughs> <clears throat> there have been a couple of times when I've flown solo. I did one of those recently, and um, I, I tend to talk a little too fast when I'm just by myself. Mm-hmm. So um, that's... And that's, you want that to be judgment, that's that's judgment or evaluation or understanding myself. So I figured, no, let me have somebody else to, to talk to. And I'm really looking forward to this because it's different. Because the way that Carol came to uh, New Thought was she kind of outgrew or evolved beyond some of the thoughts that she had uh, of, of limitation, being involved as deeply as she was in the Christian church. Um, and I think she she just sort of natively understood that when you're doing a prayer to a God that's out there, up there in the sky behind the clouds, you're missing something. <laughs> you know, and as, as I like to say, um, if I say, um, direct your eyes towards God, if you don't close them, you miss the point. Right. So that divine power and presence is out there, but it's also in here. It's everything, everything. That's like the whole concept. And so you have spent a lot of time in New Thought circles, being a minister and now a doctor of divinity in religious science, spiritual studies, religious studies. You're uh, licensed and ordained by the Centers for Spiritual Living, Mm -hmm. which is the religious science group. And how long ago did you get started with New Thought? I found New Thought in 2001, actually. Um, and, uh, in August actually of 2001. So uh, I was in a foundational class, uh, the day after nine 11 happened. Wow. Which, okay. uh, and it was one of, it was only like week two or maybe three of, <laughs> uh, the foundational course and, uh, and nine 11 occurred. And that was a, a real turning point for me in this movement because I had jokingly told my my now wife, then girlfriend, 
uh, that uh, I wanted to take this class because if this was a cult, I'm going to figure it out during this class and we're getting out of here. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, well, this might just be the thing we've been looking for. And, uh, and the events of 9-11 and the way the minister uh, pr- presented those events to us and presented a new thought perspective of the world and how things work and, uh, and what we're going to talk about here today, prayer, the way he explained all of that uh, really sunk home for me that there's something pretty special here in this philosophy. Okay. Well, yeah, so you and I have both drunk the Kool-Aid. Um, yes. which <clears throat> in, in my experience, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to do a podcast, uh, before Carol came along and it needs somebody to do some counterpoint to ask really basic fundamental questions that I would never think of and you would never think of. Um, so what we get to do today is, um, I'm going to use this as a touch base because you have been in the teaching as long as you have, and you understand it as well as you do. And you're part of the, the, the organization that basically takes ownership of religious science or the science of mind, the Ernest Holmes uh, branch of uh, new thought. Correct. <clears throat> um, there were some things, because that's, that's one of the ones that I was trained in. I did my ministerial training with Centers for Spiritual Living. While they were two organizations in the process of becoming one organization, I think they were making a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup or a Mentos or something. Uh, <laughs> a certs, you know, with a sparkling drop of something else. And um, there were some things that language-wise got me turning my head going, what? You know, what happens when you uh, you play a high-pitched sound for a puppy? It turns its head, tilts its head and goes, huh, what is that? And it was perfectly normal to have people who had been around the spiritual community for a while, for one of them to say to the other, oh, yeah, I was, uh, I was having an issue. So I went and talked to a practitioner, got a spiritual mind treatment, and I manifested a demonstration. And their friend will say, oh, that's wonderful. And a newbie who's listening over their shoulder would go, what the hell are you talking about? exactly (laughs) what are you talking about and so i took the opportunity when i wasn't being supervised by people who who use that sort of language is i said i'm going to call it practical prayer i'm going to reintroduce it that's what the practical prayer for real results book is it's a spiritual mind treatment to manifest a demonstration but it's with language that you can understand so the first question for you is how does that land for people who are living and breathing spiritual mind treatment and manifesting demonstrations? Wow, it's a great question because I think the key word in your question is actually those that are living. The key phrase, those that are living. Um, you're right, I have been around a while in this movement, over a little over 20 years now of, of really concerted effort, study, around how does this thing called spiritual mind treatment uh, work? And no matter where I go and all, all my experiences, we use the word prayer as the shortcut. Okay. Because prayer means a lot to a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every, and I, I would even venture to say that everyone has a unique and different way of being prayer of being in prayer um so i remember i do remember the first time i heard you share the term practical prayer and i went oh that that is smart 
<laughs> um, because truthfully, I don't know any, I don't know that I really want anybody treating with my mind. <laughs> I, I, Get away from my head. <laughs> I got enough going on in my mind. I don't know that I need you in there as well. And, um, and, and that's a joking way of saying that the language doesn't convey accurately the experience someone is going to have when they sit down with someone who is trained and who has practiced and who is committed to living the process and the principles of what a practical prayer or a spiritual mind treatment really is. And so I see, I see people occasionally that aren't living it and just professing it or, or doing their own. And there's nothing wrong with doing your own thing. Uh, and I believe that my experience over 20 years is that my personal experience of practical prayer has shifted and evolved and changed. And there are things that I might say today in a prayer that I would never have said <laughs> back when somebody was listening and checking off little boxes and scoring how I did on my prayer, as you would. Yep. yep. Okay. And a, a practical prayer has five steps. Uh, except when we have a difficulty believing that it's going to work by the time we get to the end of the third step, it's like, ah, oh, this is going to work. So there's a couple more to, um, <laughs> to, to, to negate and, and, and refute that disbelief because the, the prayer practice is the same in all religions. It's not like the, the humans that are doing a practical prayer are different than the humans who are doing a Christian prayer or a, a, a Jewish prayer. The, the thing that's different is the way that we understand how we are doing what we're doing. So right. it's said very clearly, it's done unto you as you believe. And a practical prayer or a spiritual mind treatment is a mechanism, a technique, a technology for changing our beliefs. Yes. And because uh, if you believe it, then you receive it. And if you believe it and you don't know that you believe it, you still receive it. So mm -hmm. if you believe that you deserve something bad, then you'll get something bad, even though you'd never say you want something bad. You might not even know that you believe that you want that you deserve something bad, but there it is showing up in life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And we sometimes say that uh, your uh, your life is a topographical, a life-size topographical map of your belief system. Yes. You want to know what you believe? Look at your life. Look at your life. Exactly. Look at your life. And that means you can change it, which is good. Yes. Um, and I want to be really clear because I think this is one of the most topical aspects of this for someone who has studied over time practical prayer is it really easily can turn, it can be really easily turned into, oh, it's just the law of attraction. And it's more than that. Because if I'm just attracting, then that implies that if I'm attracting something I don't want into my life, then that implies that I myself am not good enough or not enough or whatever, that I, I must be a like that thing I'm pulling into my life. And it's much more deeper than that. So someone coming in the door, newer students, newer aficionados of this, if you will, are, are, can get a little lost 
in the deeper conversation of how broad the pro to practice and the process really is because yeah i'm attracting into my mind what i believe and that it what i believe is not set in stone so right. there's a room for me to and this is what i love about treatment if you and there i just did it again i gave us a whole new term i just shortened it to treatment um what i love about treatment is it's an internal process for me to change the what I'm thinking, to change the way I see the events and the experiences of my life so that I am more receptive to demonstrating, to creating, to living uh, those now new ideas, if you will, those new thoughts and bringing that into form in my life. Yep. Yep. And I just there use are all those bud buzzwords that confuse everybody right <laughs> i love it and you know there there are people who i would refer to as uh, religious science fundamentalists yes you know, i've run into people who think that if ernest holmes didn't write it then it's not worth reading um and i don't particularly agree with that and in fact the teaching doesn't agree with that and the teaching is basically that there is one power and presence that shares itself as everything it did a particularly nice job with ernest holmes i think it did a particularly nice job with the Buddha and Jesus, you know, there's, there, there've been some high points along the way. Um, and each one adds something that is, uh, that's powerful, important and relevant. Um, practical prayer, like I said, is either five or seven steps or nine steps. If the two that you add on <laughs> six and seven don't help, you, you throw in eight and nine. Or 11 or 13 if you got a lot of problems, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll wind up being uh, an odd number by the time you're done. But um, there are some people who think that you have to go through the steps in order every time. And there are other people who insist that they've grown beyond that and they can do the steps in a different order. They don't even need to use the steps. It's more of a tone and feeling and flavor of what it is that, they're, uh, that, that they've got in their mind. <clears throat> and my response to that is, that is absolutely true. Yeah. Because the book is called Practical Prayer for Real Results. And if we're getting the results that we want, then the spiritual practice is working. There's one creative law that responds to our belief. And if you have a different technique of changing your belief, then go for it. Mm -hmm. And it, you can tell if, if, <laughs> if your technique is working because of the, the, the results. So for a while there, uh, before I wrote the book, I was, I, I was very much all over the place and you know, starting with different parts of the prayer and ending it differently and doing it as a feeling thing rather than a words thing. And that works, uh, except when, um, when, I, when I was under duress, <laughs> you right. know, Dark Night of the Soul came along. It was really nice to have the formula. Yes. Really nice to be able to get back to the basics and remind myself of the truth that there's one infinite creative power and I'm part of it. Yeah. Because I look at this as, um, it's kind of like skiing bumps. I don't know if you've done much skiing. I don't know if we've ever really talked about this all this much, but um, I My skied. parents met at a ski area, so yeah, I spent a fair okay. amount of time skiing. Um, I, I skied for a lot of years, and and you, when you learn how to ski bumps, you have to be very precise in where you're making your turns, and you have to be very controlled in the speed that you take through a field of bumps, through a bump field, because when you're first learning, if you get off track, 
the mistake can be compounded rather quickly. Now, in treatment, in prayer, we don't really have mistakes, but we have th- we have phrases, we have limiting beliefs that creep in and can knock us off off our line. Now, as you get better, you learn how to ski higher on the bumps and you learn how to take more speed and you learn how to extend a turn or how to use a slightly different maneuver in in your movement pattern. And the same thing happens with prayer. As you progress, as you learn more, as you have the verified demonstrations as you have the proof with yourself that, oh, I can do this and this is how it all works together, then I can focus on one place of my prayer or another. As you said, we start with the basis of five and some days I'm real good on steps one and two. I got it. (laughs) I know it. I'm in it. Feels good. Let's go. And more time or more words or more consciousness is invested in step three. Um, some days it, it's a complete opposite. Some days my mind is scattered and I don't feel the connection and I don't recognize the oneness and I need to spend more time verbally reminding myself of the universal truth that there is one power, that I am one of that power, and that be with that power, we, I, each of us can create the life we truly desire. Beautiful. Let's take a break. And when we continue, we were going to be talking about the law of attraction plus some other creative laws. Is Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand. That's right. You can take it at your own pace anytime you want. All of the information is at bethelight.com. That's b-the-light.com. You know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice. There are experiential activities and exercises. And at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works and a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at bethelight.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Bill Marcioni, and my special guest sitting in for Carol Lawrence is Reverend Dr. Robert Brzezinski. And uh, we're talking about spiritual mind treatment, aka practical prayer. Um, I kind of was thinking during the break that um, if if you had a magic uh, secret decoder ring and you put the word spiritual mind treatment in, it would decode to practical prayer for real results. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. I like that. Yes. (laughs) So we'll get one of those. And you you mentioned earlier the law of attraction, which was made um, very popular by a lot of uh, books and also by the movie The Secret, uh, which was a whole big dramatic thing about this secret that's been hidden forever. 
And, you know, it's all about the law of attraction that you are creating your experience according to what it is that you're embodying or attracting, or it's a, basically a manifestation of thought. And when the movie came out, I kind of jokingly uh, suggested to the folks in my spiritual community that we go and pick it. You know, we find a theater where it's being shown and pick it because this is not a secret. <laughs> this is not a secret. We talk about this every Sunday morning. We have classes. Okay. There's even some songs about it. It's not a secret. Um, marketing wise, that was very successful. And there are people who say the law of attraction is what's always bringing, you know, is, is, is always active in our lives. And that's what creates everything. <clears throat> and the answer is not exactly. Now, the law of attraction does attract all sorts of things to us. It can, and People say it can attract a good health, it can attract prosperity, it can attract a relationship, it can attract a, a, a job. And there's something that's bigger that's going on. It's, there's a creative law in the universe of which the law of attraction is part. Um, and there's laws of correspondence that the experience that I have will be in correspondence to the beliefs that I have in mind. And a lot of different ways that that, that shows up in nuance. So I'm not going to diss the law of attraction at all, but there's, there's a bigger thing that's going on. And that's what we're doing in a spiritual mind treatment or a practical prayer is turning our attention and our awareness away from whatever's been showing up in our lives, whether it's been good or um, unpleasant and knowing that there's an infinite creative power and process that has created everything and continues to create, it's created us at, by sharing itself because every, there's only the one. I mean, if, you, if there's only one to begin with, the same story in you know in Genesis and in uh, uh, mm -hmm. in the Big Bang. The beginning there was darkness and void. God said, "Let there be light." In the beginning there was this singularity, one impossibly dense something or other, and it began expanding. We I say expanding. It was really uh, quite a messy explosion as everything in the universe started coming into being. And I just heard a timeline of how long it took how many millions of years it took for it to cool down enough to support nuclear fusion. Mm. I mean, it was millions of years before the hydrogen atoms could start fusing. And then that went on for a while until the iron atoms started fusing. And the iron atoms are the, the heaviest ones that can be created by fusion because beyond that atomic number, they let go of more energy than uh, is required for the fusion. So, they, so it dies out and then requires supernovas. So that's a big, long process to get from let there be light to where we are now, slightly more than 6,000 years. But the reason I bring that up and the reason I say that that's so important is because there's only one Big Bang. Right. We can all trace ourselves back to the same Big Bang. You know, it's 14.2 billion years ago, but right. still only the one. It's still mm -hmm. only the one and it's showing up as us individually. And that same creative process is still going on. And whatever power that said, let there be the Big Bang, let there be. What we're thinking with is the same thinking process. Yeah. yeah. And the, and just like iron coalesced, the potentiality of humanity coalesced. So there has to be within each and every one of us the the seed, the germinate, the 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 piece, the the essence from what was that original messy Big Bang. We've just been thrown out across the universe, 
and some have collided with others and formed clouds and others have coalesced or, or attracted themselves into orbits and become planets and stars and solar systems and all the various aspects of what it is. And I think that as humans, we're in a unique situation where we, we, we can be quite forgetful. We tend to forget these kinds of things. And, and when we forget our unity, what happens is separation. Right. Or a belief in separation, because separation belief, doesn't actually yes. happen. Uh, exactly. A belief in separation. And so when, uh, and that can, and that is not something we're aware of and not something most people are aware of at the time when they start to form thoughts. As a child, we come into, I, I can't, I've tried to trace back my first thought. What was my f very first thought in a human body? What the heck is this? Um, <laughs> Maybe this is why most children scream out impulsively and don't need a smack on the ass and just <laughs> cry immediately under the white lights. Um, the point I'm getting to is that once again, we get to a place where it, it's part of our maturity or part of our maturing into. So we talk about the, the, the um, law of attraction. Um, I actually had, I remember this experience very well also. I had, I was given a DVD of like the very first version of The Secret, the early version before the recut, before they cut out Abraham Hicks. And, and, um, and I remember watching it and being like, well, this is exactly as you said, this is no secret. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? This is what we talk about all the time. And I, I was a pretty new student to the, to new thought and to religious science specifically at that time. Um, I do apologize. I think we might have somebody delivering a package upstairs. So yeah, there's, uh, there's mail showing up. There's something showing up. that's uh, causing some life in my house to be more active. So anyway, back to my point, people got lost and thought that it was the law of attraction alone. Mm-hmm. And in the Science of Mind textbook, the law of attraction is one chapter out of many, many <laughs> chapters that are a part of how we look at the philosophy, how we can live our lives. And so we've got to take the law of attraction and add things, like you're saying, the law of correspondence. The more I am aligned and in correspondence with the truth, the more readily I am able to attract what it is that I want. When I'm out of alignment with that correspondence, my, uh, my process of attraction is not as um, strong. The magnetic field doesn't pull things to me as quickly or as easily. But once I do have that, uh, that correspondence, that deeper understanding, that practice, that maturity, it becomes so much simpler to call in all the things, the iron and the hydrogen and the oxygen <laughs> and call together everything to almost, some would say, magically create those events and experiences that we desire in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 
New Thought has been described as a religion. It's not. There are spiritual communities that practice this together, that teach it. It's, it's much more of a philosophy and a lifestyle. It is an understanding of the way the universe works. And the corresponding to that is, okay, so if we want to create a life that we find more enjoyable than the life that we've been having up until now, then there are certain techniques that we can use to, uh, to, to, to deploy those uh, creative laws to create something new and wonderful for us. Let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to do a practical prayer or maybe a spiritual mind treatment. We'll have to see. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Bill Marcioni, and my guest host today is Dr. Robert Brzezinski of the New Thought Media Network, filling in for Carol, who is uh, uh, off at a funeral today. So sad for that, but uh, Robert, glad that you could join us today. So the last segment is always a prayer. And uh, so we, we, do, we do a prayer to, 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 to wrap up the podcast. And um, let, let's go big today. <laughs> Let's go because we've been talking about uh, spiritual mind treatment and practical prayer and um, connecting with that infinite creative power that creates everything. So let's make today's prayer be about awareness of being one with that one creative power, knowing that that infinite creative power is right here and right now operating for and through and as us. So as we turn our attention away from the world around us, we can open to that greater truth, that bigger awareness that there is that one, that one creative power, that one divine source. We call it spirit. We call it God. We call it nature. We call it unfoldment. Whatever it is, that it is that one which is sharing itself as and through and in all of its creation. Everything is that divine power and presence taking its own unique form. We can all trace our existence back to the very beginning when there was only one, one singularity. That's what its name was, the singularity. There's only one of those in a big bang. And everything has been expanding and evolving and exploding and reforming itself from that one up until right now, where it's showing up as each one of us. It's the same story that's in scripture. In Genesis, it says the beginning there was darkness and void and God. That was all there was, God. And everything else was absent. And then that infinite intelligence, God, said, let there be. 
began a creative process and that unfoldment began happening. In, in this, this, in both stories, it's the same process of sharing and revealing newness, unfolding in and evolving into what's next and what's new from that same one source. So all of the intelligence, all of the power, all of the knowledge, all of the material that exists everywhere in the universe is that one expressed in its own way, combining and interacting and reforming and folding back upon itself. So everything is the opportunity for that one to reveal itself in a fresh new way. That one infinite creative power that has created everything has created each of us, me and everyone listening to this prayer. It's active. It's always active. There's no need to request that it start to, that it turn on, that it become activated. It's always working. It is always responding. It is always corresponding. It is always creating. And so as we open to an even greater awareness of our oneness with that one creative power, we embody it. The intentions that we set, the desires that we have, the invitations that we make for that next experience that we experience and describe as new and wonderful and joyous and uplifting, harmonious and healthy, prosperous and loving, creative, joyous. Whatever combination of experiences will bring those about are unfolding in a unique way for each of us. So it is possible to do one prayer and have it unfold in a different way for each one listening because we're all listening from a different perspective and we're all inviting something new and the process is the same that creative power that creates everything that has created each of us is creating this goodness for and through and as us now it is already underway and i'm grateful for it i'm grateful for the goodness i'm grateful for the results that are showing up in our lives the demonstrations that are manifesting as they say in the spiritual mind treatment lingo. I'm grateful for all of this good. I'm grateful to be able to speak this word and release it into that creative law that has created everything and know without question, doubt, or hesitation that it is now creating this for each of us in our own way. And so this deep feeling of thanks, I speak this word, I let it go, and I know it's so. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.